chapter 1. We'll get started into our message this morning. I'll just ask you to stand. We're just going to read one verse. Verse number 8. But ye shall receive power. After that the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And ye shall be witnesses unto me. Both in Jerusalem. And all Judea and in Samaria. And unto the uttermost part of the earth. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven we. Come to you this morning Lord. Just asking your blessing upon the message. Lord I ask you for the. Holy Spirit, Lord, to do its work upon me and upon those that are here today. Lord, I pray for that one that's here today that's lost. They know it in their heart or will be revealed that by the Holy Spirit. Lord, I know that Jesus died for them, wants to save them. Lord, I pray for the believer here today that's they're stuck in neutral in their relationship and their work for you. I just pray, God, that you would just work all these things out. I pray for that person that's here and hurting today. Or maybe they feel alone. Maybe they feel dejected. Maybe they feel depressed. Maybe they have other thoughts in their heart going on. We know that you're the great physician and you're the Savior of the world and you can do all things. But for the next few minutes, Lord, I just pray for attentive hearts and receptive hearts. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Dying to Live, I think, is the title for the message today. You ever found something that was worth dying for? You ever seen something worth dying for? A child, a grandchild, a mother, a father. A, if you will, a church, a whatever. In the verse that we read here this morning, and I haven't found a new thing on this verse, but I, and I had seen this before, but I'm going to highlight it this morning. The word witness there in verse number eight, and that's going to start us this morning. How many of y'all have heard of someone that's been a martyr? Raise your hand. Nobody? I'm not asking if you know a martyr, but you know what martyr means. Raise your hand. Okay, that's a little bit better. Maybe I asked that wrong. Something like that. A martyr is someone who ends up dying for their, their belief, their, their practice. And I've got a de- definition or a description probably better than that. Those whose lives and actions testify to the worth and the effect of faith. How strong is our faith in our service to God? How strong is our faith in our obedience to what God wants us to do? How strong is our faith in what we will allow our lives to be directed and led by? I don't know that answer for you. But I know that for what we should be, we read here this verse, this is what we call the Great Commission. If you're a believer and you're a baptized believer of a church, 
you have a mission, you have a responsibility, you've got a commission, you've got a task to do, and that is to shine the light of Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world. And that's a commandment. And in our Sunday school class, we learned that if you don't do the commandment that God gives you, and to him that knoweth to doeth good and doeth it not, it is what? Sin. So if we as a church are not fulfilling that task, we have brought about sin into our church. And we haven't even talked about any of the bad things that we could bring up. Young and old alike. If we're not dying to live for Christ, we're not being the witness that he wants us to be. And Rick, I don't want to walk down death row. I want you to think about it this way. Think about Peter, James, and John and all the, the apostles. Think about all those guys. They, they were under Jesus' discipleship, his teaching for three to three and a half years. They fussed about who was going to be the greatest. James and John's mama said, hey, when they get to heaven, I want one to sit on the on the left side and one to sell on the right side, Jesus said, hey, it's not for me to give. But they got a cup to drink. They've got a task that they've got to do. And we know that Judas was lost. Judas is a carrot. He was the one apostle. Wasn't really an apostle. He was one that Jesus called his apostle, but he never got saved. He, he uh, what he did, he did, betrayed Jesus. So he was never saved. So we got 11 apostles. And out of those 11, 10 of them ended up dying doing what God asked them to do. So they, in essence, became a martyr. But here's the thing that I want you to understand. They didn't die the day that Jesus ascended up into heaven. They didn't die a week or two into it. They lived their life for something they were willing to die for. They all had to have some type of income. They, they, I'm sure we know that Paul, the greatest church planning missionary, he said he was an apostle. He, he, he made tents. That's how he made his living. He had a job. So even if you have a job, or even if you go to school, no matter what it is you have, that doesn't exclude you from the task. This morning, my first point is your faith. Is my faith worth dying for? Are you willing to say, okay, God, whatever you want me to do. Are you willing to say, Lord, whenever you want me to? Lord, however you want me to do it. And that, that, may, that may mean you quit your job and start doing whatever, but that may mean that you don't quit your job and you just start doing different at your job because you're taking on a new task, new responsibility for that. Now, let me clarify something. Peter, James, and John, and all those 11 apostles. Now, I, I got to say this, John... You know, James and John, John did not die a martyr. But they attempted to kill him a couple of times and they put him on the 
the, the Isle of Patmos. They, they, they put him there, exiled him there, and they put him in boiling oil before that and tried to boil him to death, and he didn't die. So you got to think that he was persecuted very heavily. <clears throat> but I want you to think about this. Are you willing to do whatever it takes to put your life on the line? And I'm, I'm not asking you to go to... And Brother Steve always used to say this, and, I, and it, it's true. A lot of people hear somebody say something about surrendering to a cause, and they go, well, I just don't want to go to Africa. You know, they'll think something like that. You don't have to go to Africa. Now, that may end up being where God sends you, but if you're not willing to live for him here, you're not going to live for him in Africa. That would have been a great place for some amens right there. If you're not willing to live for him here in Nancy, Kentucky, Russell Springs, Somerset, wherever it is you live, you're not going to live for him in Africa. I can guarantee you that. Those whose lives and action testified to the worth and the effect of faith. That, that definition, that description has stuck with me for a few days. What does your faith seem like? Now, you may be here today, and you know, Rick, I'm struggling with faith, what to do. That, that, that's okay. But what is the value of your faith? What is your faith going to mean to you? See, those apostles, they were willing to live as a witness until something happened to their lives. And they didn't care where it took. I've read, I've got a couple of books. If you want one of them, I'll let you read it and you can bring it back to me. You can have it for a while. But I've got some couple of books about the apostles. We don't get a lot of extra biblical or a lot of biblical historical accounts of that. But I've got some books. It tells us that Thomas went out to, the, to like China and out into that area. And finally they stuck a, a, like a spear down his back. He was kneeling to pray and that's how he died. I don't know how accurate that is, but I know that that tale and that account comes from two or three different historical accounts. And Thomas, I don't know whether y'all remember this or not, but they called him Doubting Thomas. You ever doubt anything and God told you? You ever doubt God? I don't know about that now, Lord. I, I, I don't know. That's the guy that went and was kneeling and it says that they put a spear down his back and that's how they killed him. They killed him on his knees after he had led many people to the Lord and started churches and stuff throughout that area several years later, not a week or two. But he was willing to live so much that he didn't care to die for the faith that he had in the gospel. Are we? What is your faith that you have in Jesus Christ worth dying for? Is it, let me turn that around, is it worth living for? I question that in my own life. I mean, you may think that the preacher gets up here and says, hey, I question it in my own life. Through this COVID thing, it's been tough to be a pastor. I mean, you have people that, for good reason, don't come to church for health reasons. I get that.
But it's hard for the pastor to see through that and to know that his church, his flock, is hearing from the Lord and still growing when those things are happening. I mean, there would be nothing better for us to, in my mind, than for us to be having a youth program. But I know because of the health issues, it probably is the smartest thing for us not to. I get that. And don't get the wrong idea. I don't want to start it up and just go gung-ho because I don't. But it's, it's tough. Can't visit like you used to could. Not freely. But I got to remember, this is Jesus talking to his church. And he's given us a responsibility, guys. He's given me a responsibility. He's given us a responsibility. And what's our responsibility? Read it with me, and then we're going to go to another place here. He said, and ye shall be witnesses. You should be a, a martyr. That, that Greek word is martos. You should be a martyr unto me, both in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. And as I said, I think last week, or maybe Wednesday, we cannot... Look at our financial reports. Oh, but Brother Rick, we're giving so much money to missions. That, that's great. But that doesn't mean that you're living the life in your faith that you should be. Is your faith worth dying for? Is your faith worth living for? We have God that has sent Jesus Christ here. And he will, folks. He's coming again. You say, what, what's that got to do with the Great Commission? Hey, he's going to come again. And when he comes, I believe that we as a congregation are going to stand before God and he's going to go, okay, Bradley's pleasure. I don't think we'll all be there, but I think we'll be under that umbrella of judgment. What did you do as a church to do what you were supposed to do? Did you visit that person down on Highway 80, Highway 837? Did you go on over down here to 910? Did you go to that person? Did you tell them about my son that I sent to suffer and bleed and die on the cross of Calvary for their sins. Did you do that? Well, I was going to, Lord. I prayed for him. Hey, prayer is very important. I get that. But prayer should be the springboard for faith in action. Did you hear me? Prayer should be the springboard for us to be, our faith to be kicked into action. And then we have this Holy Spirit that it tells us we're going to receive that dunamis, that power. Think about it, it's not even in your power that you're going to do this work. I mean, when, how many of y'all drive cars, riding cars? Raise your hand. You don't ride me? She ride me. I thought something. And when y'all ride down the road, I, I got up to 82 miles an hour on the parkway this morning, running a little late, okay? Tanya, how much of that 82 miles per hour you think was in Rick's power? Okay, let me ask somebody else, okay, all right. Tim, how much of that was in my power? Thank you. That little Subaru has got a little thing under the hood that I can't hardly work on, okay? 
When I turn that key, it kicks on. There's some gas that goes through there, and it goes through those things, and it fires up. I forget how many thousand degrees. And when I put it down into drive and I push that pedal, it goes. The further I push it, the faster it goes. You say, well, Rick, you have that power to wield. I do. See, it's the same thing with being having a faith worth dying for. God has given us that power, but if we don't put it in drive and we don't push on the pedal, it ain't going nowhere. We're not making it down the parkway because you know what? It's not in your power. Chance don't get scared, okay? That's the inside joke. But it's not in your power. God has said here, I will give you the power if you'll just sit in my wheel and go where I ask you to go, I will get you there. That's all you've got to do. That seems too simple. And I can prove it through scriptures, but I won't take that time this morning. <coughs> and what happens? We see people get saved. We see people get restored relationships. We see lives changed, transformed. We see bad language come out of people, bad actions come out of people. Isn't that worth a big part of that? It is. I want to take you to 2 Corinthians. I'm preaching like two messages this morning, so I've got to be careful. <coughs> Remember, the title of my message is Dying to Live. I guess I could use this. When we went to the Creation Museum back in 2012 or 13 or whenever it was, we had Brother Burnell Turner with us. And they were at that point just building the ark. And y'all know what Brother Burnell Turner was, right? He was a carpenter, right? And he and Mike Caudell, they had these little uh, previews of the ark that they were building. And he and Mike Caudell, every time they come up to one, Brother Burnell was standing up here pointing. And Brother Mike was standing over here listening. And Brother Burnell's going, well, you know, when they built that, 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 you know, he tell them all about that. I think that just in comment, Brother Burnell just couldn't wait to go to the ark. I mean, he would probably, if we put it in today's terms, he was dying to go. He, he was hoping to go. And we actually put the, this is how long we put the ark off, folks. I think before he passed away, we put the sign-up sheet down for the ark. I think. If I'm, I could be wrong about that. But you know what? He's getting to see a master builder today in heaven. And Jesus is probably going, yes, Brother Burnell, you built some stuff, but let me show you what I've built. I built a kingdom. But there's some that's not going to make it. And if I know Brother Burnell like I think I know Brother Burnell, because Brother Burnell, let me tell you, he's not dead, folks. He's more alive today than he's ever been. 
He's praying for us to complete the job that we have. Now in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, look at, look at it with me. In verse number 1, let's do something fun. How many of y'all in for fun? How many of y'all want to do something unpleasant? Stand up. Stand up for just a second. Second Corinthians, this is like second message. This way I can just kick it back off. Go ahead and stand. If you're able to stand, please stand. Verse 1, it says, Therefore, seeing we have this ministry as we have received mercy, we faint not, but have renounced the hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Here's the part I want you to get. But if our gospel be hid, it is hid to them that are lost. In whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose is the image of God, should shine unto them. For we preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord and ourselves, your servants. Are you getting all this? For Jesus' sake, for God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. I want to pray again before we move forward. Father, I pray for your, your word to continue to speak this morning. God, I pray for you to continue to open up eyes. I pray, Lord, that those that have closed their, their hearts and their minds to this message this morning, that you would stir their hearts. Lord, I pray for the continuing work of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. You can have a seat again. I won't get you to stand until we get done. But in light of these verses, I want you to think about what it says. Okay? It says we have a ministry. Ministry. How many of y'all have... How many of y'all run a... How many of y'all work somewhere or do a business? Y'all keep notes or books or anything about what you do? Yeah, you do, don't you? Even if you have a farm, you kind of write a few things down. Because why? We're, not because we're so much forgetful and we are. I mean, I get that. But we need to keep note of that. You know what I would like to encourage you today is to start taking notes about what God speaks to you about and what you get done. I mean, I've seen Brother Roger raise his hand. I think he goes to Florida quite often, or is that still the case? I bet he's got a book he's got to give his mileage and stuff when he goes to Florida. And I've been around trucking guys a little bit. But I bet you when he, when they, he goes through those DOT way stations or whatever, they ask to see that thing. <clears throat> and then when the guy pulls him over, he probably wants to see it then too, right? I think when we get to heaven, God's going to say, I want to see your journal, your log. How many miles did you travel for me? How many people did you see? 
How many people did you get a burden for? How many people did you pray with? How many people did you witness to? You might be saying right now, that's too hard. Let's go home. I'm not leaving. I'll be right back, okay? See, if you have a problem with talking to somebody, they make some little things called tracks that you can just hand to somebody. Or you could be even really sneaky, like I am every now and then, just leave them in the bathroom or somewhere. You might see the person that you that you uh, go through the checkout lane and say, hey, uh, are you saved? I'd like to give you something to know how you get saved. And you don't even have to get nervous or nothing. Just get nervous about where you're going to put it. But we got a ministry, folks. We got different ways of getting it done. And here's the second part about that. Paul says, through the manifestation of the truth. Now, you hear your pastor a lot of times saying, hey, you need to read your Bible. And I ask this question, I don't want you to answer because I don't want you to feel embarrassed. But how many of y'all read your Bible every day and try to study what you read and then pray? Don't raise your hands because it's embarrassing for saved people to know that the God of the Bible his son came to this earth, died for them. They put their faith and trust in him and they say they're going to follow him and live for him, but yet they won't open up his word and let him direct them or speak to them. Now, I've used this example several times. This lady right here, my wife, if I walked in the house and just walked back to my room, never even said hello to her, got up in the morning, done my thing and went out to work and never said a word to her what kind of relationship would we have <clears throat> it'd be worse than short I think eventually she would probably go you know what I could do better than this husbands and wives this is just this, this ain't on the notes okay this ain't on the notes Husbands and wives, nurture your relationship with your husband or your wife. Moms and dads, as a man that speaks from experience, talk to those sons and daughters. Nurture that relationship because you know, I won't tell you, well, these days are moving out. And they're going to be so excited to come see you all the time. They just ain't going to come as often as you want to see them. And they probably won't stay as long as you want them to stay. They might even go and stay in California for four or five years and you not even get to see them. That was free. But what Paul is saying here, folks, there has to be that transformation of our relationship in these first two verses right here. By the manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. In other words, 
Eli. Him that knoweth to do good and doeth it not, it is sin. We've got to understand that when God speaks to us and we don't respond, we're sinning against him. We know that we're supposed to fulfill the Great Commission as a church. All the church members need to pray about it. And all the church members, if they, God speaks to them, needs to bring it to the church and say, hey, I believe we could do this. I believe we could. There's a billboard down there. There's $2,000 to put the message up there. We'll put a verse on there. There's a, there's a church in Danville, Kentucky, okay? Danville, Kentucky is about 15 miles from Lancaster. On Highway 27 North, which is about 10 or 15 miles from that church, they have two billboards that they have spent money to put two verses up there. I'm not saying that's what we should do. But you know what? That takes a little bit of faith. It's been up there for several years. If you've traveled to Lexington, you've probably seen it. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ. You've probably seen it right there as you go past where you turn in to go to Mount Hebron Baptist Church. It ain't Mount Hebron that put it up there. The church is 15 miles away, not even in the same town, county. Now, like I said, I'm not saying it's what we should do. I'm just saying that we as a church, I'm sure that God could speak to us about doing it somehow. We have a ministry, and we need to be transformed by the burden to get it to the people. And I want to tell you why. <clears throat> you hear me mention this occasionally. But I want to remind you. Got to remind you. Got to remind myself. That in this service right now. There's opposition to this message. There is. There was a man and a woman. Had a perfect relationship. With God. And God gave them one commandment. So I'm going to have all these trees and you can partake of all of them but there's going to be one right here in the middle. I don't want you to touch it. I don't want, well no. That's not what he said is it? I don't want you to partake of that fruit. Perfect relationship. I mean things are good. They're walking with God in the cool of the morning. They're talking to God. They got a good relationship. Things are going good. And who comes along? The devil. And he says, Eve, uh, can y'all can partake of all these trees, can't you? Or, you know, y'all can't take, uh, partake of any of these. And he goes, no, no we, we can partake of all the trees, but there's one. And God said that if we partake of that, we'll die. And the devil comes up and goes, thou shalt not surely die. Now you would think, Perfect relationship, Tim, with God, walking through the cool of the morning. One command, easy. I got this. How many of y'all ever left your kid and say, hey, before I leave, there's one thing I don't want y'all to do? Norma's laughing. I think that's happened to her. One thing I don't want y'all to do, and then you come home like, there was one thing I asked y'all not to do. What made that child do that? Nope. That's a good response, Miss, Miss Lottie, but that's not it. You know what made him do it? He chose to disobey. 
See, the devil would like nothing more this morning than to make all of us disobey what he's speaking to into our hearts to do today. He lied to Eve, Eve sinned, and that proved that none of us are not sinners. We're all sinners. We've all sinned and come short of the glory of God. We've all done that. Look what it says here. It says, if our gospel, that death, burial, and resurrection that you put your faith and trust in, that you're worth live, that you find worth living for, worth dying for, it is hid to them that are lost. Now I'm going to give y'all a deep, deep definition. Y'all know what the word hid means? That means you cover it up and you hide it. That's deep, ain't it, Brother Rex? I mean, that's that worth it. Mission of, of church is more name. Y'all are thinking the preacher is starting to lose it. I just got to remind us, folks, the devil's working today. There's probably somebody sitting here in our midst that has probably several that's never put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And this, these two verses that I'm getting ready to share with you are working in their life. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. Nope, doesn't mean they're a bad person. That just means that the gospel right now is hid. It's uncovered. It's not seen. I, I've told you my testimony. I was a kid that was drugged when I was a kid. Drugged to church, drugged from church, drugged to church. Drugged. And I went for 10 years. And I never come under conviction of sin until one day. Woo! Man, I, I, that seat was hot. I don't know whether I was sweating, Brother Lee, or not, but I felt uncomfortable. I couldn't wait for the, for, the, for the invitation to come. I couldn't wait to move. I didn't know what to say or what to do, but I knew in my heart that that Holy Spirit that we just talked about giving me a power, I knew that it was working. I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I'll just back up and tell you that. I just knew that little red-headed boy needed Jesus because that preacher said without Jesus you'll spend eternity in hell and there is the work of the devil speaking to people today going you don't have to do that he may be saying something else he may be speaking to believers here this morning go hey that preacher he, he's telling you what's in the Bible but you're not the one that's supposed to be the witness the martos the martyr but there would be other people there's no use in you dying for that. <coughs> you say, what proof you got there? Look in verse 4. <coughs> and I'm just about done, believe it or not. In whom the God of this world, that's the devil, hath blinded the eyes of them which believe not. Now that word blinded is not the same word as hid. Uh, some of y'all can't. I'll give you kids something fun right now. Y'all know who's got a great big bag of candy he'd love to give a bunch of kids? You know anybody? Y'all know where it's at? No. No. Look here. Whoa. I got 
bottle caps, M&M's, whole bag of Smarties, another bag of Smarties, Baby Ruth. I got all kinds of stuff. Y'all didn't even know that was it. That was hid. And I'm going to tell you this. I'm going to pour it out right here, okay? I'm going to make a bet. I'm going to give you an offer that you won't forget. If you want any of this after church, after church, not yet, you can have it. Get one for yourself. Don't take two. I bet you will remember that quicker than you remember this message, maybe. Why would that be? Because the devil's trying to hide. He's trying to put the flame out of the message. He says here, Paul says, To whom the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them which believe not less the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, whose image of God should shine unto them. Now, we know we should shine it to them. Now, I got one thing I'm going to try to share with you this morning before we close, okay? I got it written down there. I got to find it, okay? The, the knowledge that it says here, and, I got, and, I, and I'm lost on my notes because I've done went off of those. Okay, here we go. To the lost. That, that word that it says there, blinded, Okay, I know I lost my train of thought there for just a minute. Y'all ready for this? It means is to hide or to veil or to hinder the knowledge of a thing. See, at 10 years old sitting in that pew, there's one thing I needed. I needed the knowledge. I didn't need the intellectual understanding. I just need the knowledge. And I'm here to tell you that since that day at 10 years old, I haven't lived a great life. In some parts I lived really terrible, but you know what? I've never been the same. But there are people out there that don't have that knowledge. And they need us. They need you and me to give them that knowledge. To pull, this is a sad illustration, but to pull the bag out of the pulpit and to reveal to you that there's a treasure in Jesus Christ. And ask, my question is, is, that worth doing? Is that worth being a part of it? Now, the last thing I'm going to share with you now, verse 6, and then I've got to share something with you on verse 7, and we're done, we're out of here. It says, for God who commanded. That sounds like a command to me. To what? The light to shine out of darkness has shined in our hearts. Are you saved this morning? Has God saved you? Has he shined the light of Jesus Christ in your life today? Are you saved? Nobody here is saved this morning. I got 
My wife's going to heaven with me. It's the only one I know. I'm going to rewind what, what, what I say several weeks. If I, your pastor, try to stir up an amen in the people, and you can't say it freely, it's really not worth getting. It's not for me, by the way. It does make me feel kind of good, but it scares me when we're talking about the Great Commission and we start getting close to invitation time and we start getting to the point to where God has kind of made some people feel like there may be a need and they start drawing back. I've got to remind you who's doing that. Y'all give me the answer. Who's doing that? The devil is working in this church and he does it every week. It's not unusual. But I'm here to tell you that God says I've commanded this to happen and it says to look, to give, this is the part I was trying to share with you, to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. You know where that's at? Look at verse 7. It says we have this treasure in earthen vessels. What I'm asking you this morning, are you willing to shine the light to a lost and dying world, a world that the devil is hiding this knowledge from? Are you willing to do that? And here's my challenge. I ask Kaylee to go ahead and get ready and Lisa and Brother Matthew to come on. Here's my challenge this morning. Here's my challenge. Will you start today with one? One person? One person to pray for? One person to get the light to? And see what God does. I'm not asking you to pray for just a lost person. That's not enough. I'm asking you, are you willing to take it to them? you willing to pray to take it to them? Look, what's the difference? Spending eternity in heaven or spending eternity in hell? That's the difference this morning. Let's all stand for a word of prayer and an invitation. Father... Again, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word. We, I pray for the one this morning. Lord, if one person this morning just got the news of Jesus Christ and found out they were a sinner, that would be worth this message. But if there was one that got that message and one got saved, that would even be more worth it. Lord, are we as a church, as believers, are we willing to live for our faith? Are we willing to die for it? In Jesus' name we pray, amen.